the book of Ruth in chapter 3. And it wasn't that long ago that I preached through the book of Ruth on Sunday mornings. And I'm going to be honest, everything that I preached through here, everything that I, that I studied in here, it is still so alive in my heart. I could, I could honestly start in chapter 1, verse 1 right now and just, and just do it all over again for the next couple months. I honestly could. It is so real. A lot of times when I go off and preach at other places, I go to the book of Ruth. That's where I go because I just love preaching out of this wonderful, wonderful book. It, and it's so wonderful to us because the book of Ruth uh, is one of the most amazing Old Testament pictures of New Testament salvation that we have in our Bible. We have the story of a rejected Gentile bride finding grace in the eyes of a wealthy Jewish uh, man. And uh, if that don't sound like what Jesus has done for us, I don't know what does. How many of y'all know we're the old rejected Gentiles, Gentile bride? But I'm glad we found grace in the eyes of a wealthy kinsman redeemer. Amen. And I'm glad he paid the price for us. And he got us out of our mess, and he put us in a, in a wonderful place. We're set up now, amen, in Jesus. We're set up. And uh, Ruth, she was messed up, but then at the end of the book, she set up, amen. And I thank God for that. And I, that's, I love the book. I mean, it's just, there's just so much in there. And I'm not going to preach the whole book, at least try not to. But as I was just kind of looking over a few things to preach this past week, I, I bumped into some things that maybe I had thought about before, but I never preached. And there's so much. I could literally go back. If I started in chapter 1, verse 1, and went through, I could preach totally different messages. Different. I mean, just, it's inexhaustible. You'll never get everything out of it. It's so amazing. It's so wonderful. And so I'm going to go back. We're going to do a little gleaning, at least this morning. I'm going to go back and pick up some stuff that was left behind, all right, when we went through it the first time. And uh, at least just for this morning, I don't think we're going to be back here next time. But I do want to look at something the Lord's put on my heart for this morning. It's in chapter number 3. Look at verse 14, if you will. Ruth chapter 3 and verse 14. The Bible says, And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor, also, he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Now you're probably very familiar with the story of Ruth. And I'm not going to take time to teach the whole thing. But I do want to just refresh this just for a moment that this story is really the story, if you were just to read it and didn't have a title for it like we do, you would really call it the story or the book of Naomi because that's who it kind of centers around in all actuality. And it's a story about Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, her family as they left Bethlehem, Judah, where they lived as a, a nice Jewish family. They lived amongst Jewish uh, people and they all worshiped God, Jehovah God together. 
And they knew God and they were blessed. But a famine come into the land and Elimelech, Naomi's husband and her two boys, they all moved to the land of Moab. They moved away to try to avoid this, fam- to avoid this famine. Now, their intention was preservation. But what happened in their life was actually devastation. They intended to preserve life, but what happened in the far country was that they lost life. And it was complete devastation. And by the way, this ain't what I'm preaching this morning, but it's just some low-hanging fruit. i got to pick it. And that's what a lot of people do. They think that they can get away from God and away from the things of God and away from the things that God has ordained because somehow they need to preserve their life. And they think that this is where I can actually live and survive and, 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 and enjoy life. But can I tell you, anytime you move out of the will of God, anytime you move away from the things of God, you're not preserving your life, you are destroying your life. In fact, we don't need to lean to our own understanding, but we need to trust the Lord and acknowledge Him in all our ways. And He promised that He would direct our paths. Even when things look lean, even when things look tough, even when the going gets tough, don't get out of the will of God because you're only signing your own death certificate for you and your family when you do. That's what their family did. Elimelech dies. Her two boys die. And all that's left behind is a wife, Naomi, and her two daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth. And of course, Naomi is going to go back to Bethlehem, Judah. She's going to go back broken. She's going to go back bitter. She's going to go back empty. She's going to go back with her head hanging low and with nothing to look forward to for the rest of her life. Absolutely hopeless. And she pleads with her daughters-in-law to just stay here. It doesn't make sense for you to go back with me. I'm not going to have another son that you can marry. And that was the custom of their day. And uh, that's not going to happen. You stay right here in Moab. Uh, This is all you've ever known marry somebody, have a good life, have children. You don't have to, uh, uh, you don't have to uh, partake in my sorrows for the rest of my life. Orpah takes her up on that offer and she does what actually makes sense and that's just to stay and live her life there in Moab as she is a Moabitess. But something extreme happens in Ruth's life. Something amazing. I don't know what all is going on in her heart, but something has got a hold of her and she says, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to not ever leave your side wherever you go, that's that's where I'm going. Wherever you lodge, that's where I'm lodging. In fact, wherever you die, that's where I die. Just bury me right there. Your God is going to be my God. Your people is going to be my people. And she commits herself to her mother-in-law and to the God of her mother-in-law. And she takes off into the unknown. And they come back into the city. And they're trying just to survive. Trying to make a living for themselves. And what do they find? Ruth just happens to stumble across the field of a man by the name of Boaz and he just happens to be really, really rich and he just happens to be really, really related and he just happens to be really, really looking for somebody to marry. Isn't that great? That's better than FarmersOnly.com right there, amen. That's better than Christian Mingle. Come on now. God's will do do a lot better than all that stuff, amen. And her hat, the Bible, just happened to just land in her in that field to glean something. All she's trying to do is just find something for her and her mother-in-law to eat. And she ended up finding the will of God for her life and finding a, a wonderful destiny. And that's what the story's about. And when we come to chapter number three, it's Ruth making her move. Now, normally, the man makes the move, right, in our society. 
The man, you know, he went to Jared or every kiss begins with K or whatever. He gets on his knee and, you know, one preacher said when you, when you, when you propose to your future, future wife, said just get on one knee. He said you'll be on two the rest of your life. Amen. Just one knee will do at first. Amen. <laughs> but Ruth makes her move. She finds Boaz at the threshing floor. It's at night. She slips up at his feet and she proposes the question, will you redeem us? Will you be our kinsman redeemer? And Boaz agrees to do the part of the kinsman redeemer and he, and he does so. But before all the official business could take place, and it does in the following chapter in chapter 4, we read what happens at the conclusion of this meeting between Ruth and Boaz before she leaves the threshing floor, it's morning time now, and before she leaves the threshing floor, the Bible says that Boaz gave her some barley to take home. That's what I'm interested in this morning. I'm interested in that barley. And I love how the Bible says, verse 15, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee. They would have been wearing some kind of shawl over their face and it might have covered most of their face. Different cultures had different things. I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but a veil, something that would have been on her head. And she took that piece of material off and she held it out like a, like a bag, like a, like, a, like a sack. And the Bible says that he measured out six measures of barley. Six measures of barley. And then he took that veil full of six Measures of barley, and then the Bible says, and I love how it says it, says that he laid it on her. Amen. That's what every man wants to do to his wife, just lay it on her. Like that. But that's not what it's talking about. But that's what I think of. Come here, baby, let me lay it on. That's when Heather turns around and runs. Amen. Six measures of barley. You know what that is? I was looking that up. That's a hundred pounds. A hundred pounds. Now, I don't know what Ruth looked like. You don't either. She could have looked like some kind of bodybuilder, you know. I don't know. Man, she's not some little, you know, frail woman. This woman's a worker, right? She's a survivor. She's a, she's a, she's a, tough, she's a tough lady. But I'm going to tell you, a hundred pounds is a hundred pounds. I don't care how strong you are, especially for a lady. And I don't know exactly how Ruth was carrying this load on her way home. It's on her. I imagine that kind of around her neck, maybe something like that. Maybe she's holding it on her shoulders. And she carries that, the Bible says, to the city, that's what it says, went into the city and came to her mother-in-law all the way home. And can you picture a scene? Here it is, sunrise. Here it is, morning. Everybody's on their way to work. <clears throat> and Ruth has 100 pounds of barley on her back on her shoulders and she's walking through the city at sunrise. Everybody else is on their way to work to get to. And by the way, they'll work all day and they won't get what she got. Can I tell you, Ruth got more at Boaz's feet than she ever got in his field. And that's where, that's where the good stuff comes from. It comes at sitting at the feet of Jesus. If you'll get at his feet, that's where the blessings come. Amen. You'll get more at his feet than you will ever work in a whole day trying to that's where, that's, where the, that's where the sustenance comes. 
And I can just see old Ruth. Here's what I'm thinking in my mind. I can see Ruth as she's going through the city and she's carrying this burden and she's got it, she's got it on, on her back. She's got this big load, six measures of barley, 100 pounds. And people might look at her and say, that woman is carrying a heavy load. But I think if we were to look at Ruth close enough this morning, and if others were to look at her close enough, they'd find out she sure is carrying a heavy load. But man, she's got a big smile on her face. How in the world, somebody, how in the world could some little girl carrying something so big be so happy? <laughs> That woman just had her future secured at that threshing floor that night. That woman just had, had her future, just, I mean, just her, her wildest dreams. Her, her, her wildest dreams are coming true. And as she's carrying that load, she looks so happy. It's almost as if she's not even carrying a load at all. Isn't that amazing? It looks like a burden. But to her, it feels like a blessing. And I want to preach on that just for a minute. It looks like a burden, but it feels like a blessing. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you what, this world looks at us, and this world looks at Christians, and they say, man, look at all the burdens they have to carry, and look at all the bad things that's going on in their life, and look at, look at all, that, all the things they can't do, and all the places they can't go. And, man, they got to spend their money on what? And they got to do this, and, and all, the, all the things about serving the Lord, all the things that they, they think is tough about serving the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something, on the outside looking in, it may look like I'm carrying a burden, but I'm going to tell you something, it's the biggest blessing that I've ever had in my life, the best life in all the world is serving the Lord Jesus Christ and it may look like a burden to those that don't know about it but it ain't a burden it's a big blessing it may look like a burden but I'm going to tell you something it feels like a blessing and there's some mamas in here and you're carrying burdens for your baby and it may look like a burden but if you'll be honest it's a blessing amen it's one of the greatest blessings and this life is full of burdens but those burdens are actually blessings if we'll just stop and think about it just for a moment and they don't realize this world don't realize that serving God and being faithful to God. That's the best world thing. Man, a Sunday morning. Man, you got to go to church on a Sunday morning. You could be out at the ball field. You could be out on the lake. You could be out. Man, you got to be at church. What in the world? That must be horrible. I'm going to tell you, it may look like a burden to you, but it's actually a blessing. Amen. Man, you got to take your money and tithe and give to missions and give. You do it. Man, that must be a great burden. Well, it may look like a burden to you, but I'm going to tell you what, it feels like a blessing when I'm able to take what God's given me and pass it along to somebody else and give it to a missionary and get the gospel around the world and you read them letters and you hear about people getting saved. I'm going to tell you what, that's a blessing of God in my life. And man, people may look at us and say, man, you, got, you can't go here and you can't do that. It may look like a burden. But I'm going to tell you what, missing out on all the sorrow this world has to offer and missing out on all the heartache and the heartbreak. It's, well, listen, I may have missed out on a lot of things growing up, but I'm going to tell you what, I've missed out on a lot of things growing up. And I want to thank God for it. It ain't a burden. It's a blessing. And it may look like a burden, but man, I don't know why, but this morning it feels like a blessing. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a couple reasons why. It may look like a burden, but it feels like a blessing. Number one, it feels like a blessing because of the one from whom it proceeded. The one from whom it proceeded. It feels like a blessing because... The one who gave it to me. If someone were to point out to Ruth while she's walking through the city that day, say, oh, Ruth, 
Man, you're carrying a heavy load. You are toting a lot of weight there, Ruth. That's got to be heavy. That's got to be tough. Do you need some help? I think old Ruth would say, this isn't heavy. I don't even know what you're talking about. This isn't a burden. This is what my beloved gave to me. The one I love with all my heart. And the one who loves me. This is what he gave to me. And I'm going to tell you what, the one who gave her that burden, the one who gave her that load, he did so because he loved her. And when you put love into the equation, and when you factor love into it, when you love him and you realize he loves you, it's not a burden at all. It is a blessing. In fact, love will turn your burdens into a blessing. And by the way, that is the key. It's only when we fall out of love with Jesus that those things that He has put on us, they turn into burdens and they turn too heavy to carry. But when you stay in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, anything He puts on your plate, anything He lays on your shoulders, it actually is a great blessing because it don't matter what He puts on you. You're just thankful for to be able to carry it for Him. It doesn't feel like a load. It feels like love. And they see her carrying that and say, man, who who was so mean to put that on your shoulders? And she would say, man, it ain't somebody that hates me. It's not why he put it on my shoulders because he hates me. He put this thing on my shoulders because he loves me and he wants to take care of me and he wants to provide for me and he wants to make sure I have enough for my life. This is not a load. This is actually love. And when you are in love with Jesus, what may feel like a load and look like a load to others, it's not a load. It's love. I'm going to tell you why I'm here this morning. I'm here because I am in love with Jesus. Amen. It don't feel like a burden to be here. It's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to give. It's a blessing to serve. It's a blessing to worship. It's not an obligation to do it. It's not a load on my shoulders. It's love in my heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessed privilege it is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You see me carrying a load. Don't you worry about that. It's a blessing. Amen. It's the blessed life. I didn't even think about this till this morning. Brother Andrew was teaching in Sunday school. But there, there's a good New Testament picture of all that. He was talking about Nicodemus. When Jesus died on the cross and they were getting his body off. Joseph begged the body of Je- uh, Pilate. I want to call him Pirate. Arr, pirate. No, Pilate. Got his, got his body. And here comes Nicodemus. That same one that came to Jesus by night, John 3. He come with those myrrhs, aloes, I can't, I'm getting stuff confused, but he come with something to with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, or I don't know what it is. He come with something. He come with, it, it, yeah, anyway. But here's what it says. And I never saw it. I mean, it's been in there the whole time, unless somebody snuck in our Bibles while we weren't looking. But it said a hundred pound weight. Can you imagine can you imagine seeing old Nicodemus? I thought it was, I said, man, that's what I'm preaching on this morning. A hundred pounds of weight. Can you imagine seeing on Nicodemus drag around a big old hundred pound worth of spices and aloe or whatever, whatever it was, frankincense, myrrh? No, I don't know. I need to read my Bible a little better. Can you imagine him dragging? Nicodemus, man, that's a heavy load. Man, that's a lot to drag around. That's a lot to carry. But to him, I don't think it was anything at all. Why? Because it was for somebody that he loved. If it was for someone he loved. 
You want to turn your burdens into blessings real quick? Fall in love with Jesus real quick. That's the problem. When the things that God has put in your life to bless you and they start feeling like burdens, you've fallen out of love with Jesus. And as long as Ruth was in love with Boaz, it wasn't a burden at all. It was a blessing. This is a blessing. Man, look what he gave. Love lifts the heaviness of the load because you have no problem carrying what you love. It's like the story of that boy that his brother got hurt and he was carrying him on his back. And somebody said, boy, isn't isn't that heavy? He said, no, this isn't heavy. He said, this is my brother. (laughs) No, it's not heavy. This is somebody that I love. I tell you, that's, uh, yeah. marriages are hard and raising kids is hard and church is hard and everything. I mean, it's tough. There's burdens and all those things. But when there's love in the equation, it's not a burden. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Ruth, why is your burden a blessing? Well, she would say, well, it's the one who gave it to me. It's the one from whom it proceeded. Secondly, not only because of the one from whom it proceeded, but because of the opportunity for which it provided. The opportunity for which it provided. I want you to notice that Ruth emphasizes when she comes home to her mother-in-law, she emphasizes the why. The why. What, what, what is going on here? Verse 17, then she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. Now here's the reason why. For he said to me, Go not empty, now notice this, unto thy mother-in-law. Now how about that? Now that's a good person to marry, somebody that's already thinking about his mother-in-law. And it wasn't even his mother-in-law yet, and really, you know, roundabout way. It wasn't going to be his mother-in-law, but it is his mother-in-law. How about that? She said... When he gave me this load, man, I I like this. Hold on a second. When he put this burden on me, said Naomi, he was thinking about you. Remember what he said? He put the load on me, but he was thinking about you. And can I tell you something? God will put some burdens on you just because he wants you to carry that burden and be a blessing to somebody else. That burden's not just to bless you. That burden is to bless somebody else. Ruth was to carry that heavy load so she could be a blessing in somebody else's life. And can I tell you where the blessing of life really is? The blessing of life is when you're able to take what God has put on you and you can be a blessing in somebody else's life. It wasn't that six measures of barley. That wasn't just for her. That was for others as well. She was to take what she had and what God had put on her and use it as an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said it's more blessed to what? To give than it is to receive. That's where the real blessing of life is. And one of the great things about truly serving the Lord is that you get to be a blessing to somebody else. I'll tell you why. Let me tell you where selfish people are missing out. They don't want the load. They don't want to carry the load. They don't want to get under the load. It's heavy. I'm telling you, and it, it is serving God's heavy. Doing right is heavy. Being faithful, it gets heavy. 
I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's worth it is all I'm saying. And it gets heavy sometimes. Trying to live right and do right and, and love God and serve God. It, it, all, it, it gets real heavy. You get, you get discouraged and people disappoint you and you get disillusioned and you get defeated and then there's the devil attacking and all kind of... All these things going... Yes, that load gets real heavy real quick. But if you want to lighten your load up just a little bit, why don't you take what you got and be a blessing to somebody else? And here's where... Here's where the selfish people miss out. They never fully get to appreciate carrying a load and how it feels to be a bl- when somebody else is blessed through the load that you're carrying. You know, when somebody else gets a blessing, when somebody else gets some help, when somebody else gets some encouragement in their life, it just seems like that load just isn't as heavy anymore. I think about with like camp meeting just recently. I'm going to tell you what camp meeting doing that. It's a heavy, it's a heavy burden. I don't mean that in a bad way. Anything, uh, uh, Brother Seitler said this. He said, Dr. Seitler said, anything worth doing for God's a headache. <laughs> if it's not a headache, it ain't worth, I mean, if it's worth doing for God, then it's a headache. It's going to be a burden in your life. And see, some people, they live their life trying to avoid the headaches. They want to take the path of least resistance. Well, if I go down there, I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. And, and I don't have to commit here. And I don't have to serve there. And they're just, they, they, they're trying to, they live their life trying to avoid the burden being placed on their back. Camp meeting is a burden. It is. Anything worth doing for God's a burden. Girls' homes are a burden. They are. Period. Now, we're not saying that's a bad thing. We're just saying it's what it is. It is what it is. Miss Susie Boyce Homes are a burden. It just is what it is. Christian schools, Brother Gary, are a burden. It is what it is. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what makes that load a little better is when you realize there's people getting help. There's lives that are changing, Miss Lori. There's, there, 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 there's, you get them calls and texts, and it's not always this way. And it's, it's, there's just seasons of this, and there's seasons where there's not. you got to carry it either way and just trust God and do it because it's right. But when somebody else gets a blessing from that burden you're carrying, I don't know what it does for you, but it makes me say, you know what, this ain't a burden at all. <laughs> and this is a blessing. And I think I'll just keep carrying it just a little longer. And yet, you know, the carnal, casual crowd, they might be missing out on some burdens, but I'm going to tell you what they're really missing out on. They're missing out on some of the greatest blessings of life that you'll ever know. The greatest blessings. She's able to go home and provide for her mother-in-law. What if, what if God puts a burden on you just so you can be a blessing to somebody else? Is it worth carrying? I'd say it is. I'm glad Jesus took my sins on himself so he could be a blessing in my life. By the way, that's what the Bible says in the book of Acts, that God sent Jesus, here's what it says, to bless you. Amen. He come to bless us, to help us. I'm glad he took my sin. The selfish life, that's where the, bur- that's where the burdensome life is. Somebody's li- they live for themselves, they do their own thing, and they, li- and they don't want to shoulder any of the load. 
And I thank God we got, man, we have a great group of people at our church that, 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 that carry the load, shoulder the load. And I thank God for that. And I promise you, those are the people that get the most out of it. Amen. Because that's where the blessings, that's where the blessings at. It's in the burden. It provided her, that burden provided Ruth an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else. It may look like a burden, but it feels like a blessing because of the one from whom it proceeded, because of the opportunity for which it provided. And then I would say thirdly and lastly, because of the outcome to which it pointed. Because of the outcome to which it pointed. The six measures of barley is not the end of the story. How many of y'all see chapter 4 right under that? Chapter 3 is not it. It don't leave us hanging. We're hanging at the end of chapter 3, but that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is a marriage and a baby and a legacy and all the things that go on at the end of the book of Ruth. That heap of barley, that six measures, that hundred pounds of barley, it was just a down payment for something that was yet to come. It was a down payment to let Ruth know my plans are far better than anything I'm giving you right now. My intentions are much greater than whatever you got right now carrying on your shoulders. He was letting her know that there was a greater thing yet to come. And that this burden that she was carrying was only for her to hold on to while the rest of the plan unfolded. That's what verse 18 says. Naomi knew what was going on here. And she said, sit Still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he hath finished this thing, the thing, this day. I want you to say, listen, he's not done. Him putting that burden on your shoulders, this is not the end of the story. There is more to come. By the way, that was enough food to feed, to feed one person for ten days. So for two people, they had enough for almost a whole week of food. But Naomi said, it ain't going to take that long. He's going to take care of it today. If he said he's going to do it, then he's going to do what he said he would do, and he is going to do it today. In fact, here really what Naomi was telling Ruth was this, is that this burden that you're carrying, this burden that you're shouldering, it is just a temporary arrangement. Boaz is soon going to fix the situation where you will never, ever, ever have to carry another burden like that ever, ever again. You see, the situation was Ruth lived here and Boaz lived here. And so Boaz would give her something and whatever Boaz gave her, she had to carry it back home. But how many of you know that was just a temporary arrangement? Her burden-carrying days were about to be over. They were about to come to an end. Why? Because Ruth was going to move from where she lived. Man, I wish I could preach better. Amen. Ruth was about to move from where she lived and she's about to move to where Boaz lived and she never was going to have to tow any more burdens ever, ever again. Are y'all connecting the dots or am I going to have to do it for you? 
Y'all understand what I'm preaching about? Listen, we got to carry loads in this life and sometimes things get heavy, but the blessing is knowing that one day we're going to lay all of our burdens down and we're going to move from where we're living and we're going to move to where He's living and there's going to be a marriage and there's going to be a forever. She didn't have to tote installments home anymore because now she was living where the field was. Amen. She had it all. Amen. And she didn't have to carry any burdens anymore and I'm here to tell you the burdens do get heavy but the blessing is in this is knowing that they're only temporary there'll be no sorrows there no more burdens to bear no sickness nor pain a parting over there thank God we've been singing about it all morning brother David there's coming a day when we're not gonna have to bear any more burdens the blessing is in knowing this it's just temporary it was just a temporary burden for a temporary period of time until Boaz could make permanent arrangements. Praise God. Man, that'd make a Presbyterian run a lap right there. That'd make a Methodist want to jump the baptistry. Amen. There. I'm going to tell you something. It don't do much for Baptists, but I think it would help them. Amen. Man, our burden bearer days are coming to an end. Yeah, it's heavy. I'm going to tell you what, it's a blessing. It's a blessing because he gave it to me. It's a blessing because I get to be a blessing to others. And it's a blessing because I know one day, I ain't going to have to carry no more. Amen. I won't have to carry him anymore. It may look like a burden, but it feels like a blessing. Well, Miss Maddie, I want you to come around to the piano. And, I just, and let me say this while she's coming. Uh, just say a word. Because here's what I've noticed. The people who are, have quit or they're about to quit. Here's what happens. You ready? Here's what happens. They start to think ill and think bad of the one who gave them that burden the Lord. And, and though there's things about God we would never say with our mouth. Sometimes we think them in our mind and we feel them in our heart. We think, God, how much do you have to hate me to make me carry this load? And instead of seeing his intentions and his motives as pure and right and holy and just, which they always are, we see them as Suspicious, nefarious, malicious. We think he's trying to hurt us instead of trying to bless us. And I'm going to tell you what, you better be careful the way you think of him. Because I'm going to tell you where that comes from. That, that right there, that comes straight from the charred walls of hell. Because we have an enemy that all he likes to do is accuse God to us. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. God, he, he, he doesn't like you. He, 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 he's mad at you. He's trying to judge you and these, everything you got. And, all the, and, he's, and he puts all, this is the judgment of God. On it. And, and he tries to paint God in a, in a bad, instead of, instead of us realizing that no, he loves us. He only wants what's best for us. And if he put this load on us, then it, might, it must be for our good and for his glory. But if you start thinking bad about God, those bad thoughts, those bad... Better watch out, you're about to put that 
You're about to put that burden out because you can only carry a burden without love for so long. If you don't love the one for whom you're carrying it, you could, you'll put it down. You can only carry it so long like that without love. You got to stay in love when you got to know that he loves you. And then to that second thought that we looked at, when you start to despise the people and others that are getting a blessing from you carrying that load. Ah, a bunch of moochers. Ah, they're just users. People you everybody talk, you know, talks about, well, people are using it. Don't don't do things for people that don't do things for you. That's a bunch of hogwash. That's a bunch of junk. And when you start looking at people like that, say, well, they're just using me, and they're just rather than realizing, hey, God gave me this burden so I could bless somebody else. I could be a blessing to them. You, watch out, you're, you're, you're about to quit. You're about to quit. You're about to lay that burden down. And then when you start believing that, man, this thing's forever. Man, I gotta, I, I'm never, I'm never gonna get, it's never gonna get back. I'm never gonna, I'm gonna have to carry this burden for the rest of my life. When you start believing that, you better watch out. You're about to put it down. Instead of realizing God loves you. It's a blessing to serve other people. And the, one day we're not going to have to carry these burdens anymore. Instead of preaching to yourself these things, you start, you start believing the lies about these things. And you're about, you're about to lay it down. But I want to say, thank God for the burdens He's put in my life. And it may look like a burden, but it really is a blessing. I've got the biggest blessings from some of the biggest burdens God has put in my life. Amen. And I'm not talking about my kids either. I'm just talking about serving God. It's not easy. There's been times when it would have been easier to quit than it would to keep going. I really feel that way. But you know what? I had to realize these burdens are actually God's blessings in our life. What you're carrying, and it's that way with Ruth, what she was carrying was actually carrying her. It was going to sustain her until the wedding. And what God's put on you, you may feel like you're carrying some things, but I'll tell you what, if you lay it down, you might find out that it was actually carrying you. And it was actually helping you. Let's stand together all over the building. It may look like a burden, but it feels like a blessing. Amen. I don't know what you're burdened with this morning, but I know you can come to the Lord about it.